wait is over. over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Binge Buster Show uh, here in this great month of February. And man, we have got some some great stories to talk about tonight. A lot of uh, interesting things happening in the wrestling world and and rock world too. And you know, here on the Binge Buster Show, we always talk about wrestling and rock and roll. That's uh, that's part of my life right there. So that's what we talk about. But before I could talk about anything, man, I got to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about rock and roll playboy Chris Plano. Chris. What is going on? Oh, terrific, Tony. Great to be back in, a, in another episode of the Binge Buster Show. Looking forward to tonight's show. And boy, things have been hectic all across the board, but uh, we're rocking and rolling here into the, the month of February. Yes, man. I tell you what, it's been uh, it's been uh, crazy times, man. It's like every time you you uh, think that you've heard everything, seen everything, uh, man. You turn the channel, you turn on the wrestling. And it's like, what? Wait a minute. He got released. Now he's an eight. So it's like guys are, and, and of course, you know, now they're talking about the forbidding door where promotions are letting other people, other talent from other promotions come and work their shows. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, that now they're, they're starting to build up WrestleMania. So uh, right now, man, Chris, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, you know, between, you know, WWE and um, 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 All Elite Wrestling and AEW, you still got, you know, TNA Impact Wrestling and all the indie shows and, and who's here, there and everywhere. It's it's kind of wide open right now. And, yes, we are on the, the uh, you know, WrestleMania and the road to WrestleMania here soon. And I, I think there will be a stop in, in Charlotte uh, in mid-March uh, for WWE and and. and going on to WrestleMania into early April and great time to be a fan. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a, a lot going on, you know, just across the country. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, and, and not only is wrestling booming here, you know, for the, for the two big companies, but it's really booming, uh, for the, on the independent circuit. Uh, and as, as the, as our podcast progresses, uh, we'll get more into this, huge announcement that i'm gonna be having concerning uh a, a, you know a new company here in the carolinas but man they are making a um they they are letting people know that they're not here to play they are here to stay and uh and of course i will we'll talk more about that later on uh but man chris in the news are um you know rumors you know in wrestling, we have wrestlers that you know have a little feud. And they they get they get into it, uh, but man, uh, war of the war of the words on Twitter last week uh, concerning uh, our great uh, one of our my great songwriters, Nikki Six. Uh, apparently, Nikki Six and Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam are uh, are having a Twitter war. Have you heard about this? Heard a little bit through the grapevine on this and, you know, taking stabs at each other. I, you know, kind of shocked about, um, you know, Eddie Vedder. I mean, you know, he, I mean, you know, Pearl Jam has been around, I mean, for a, a good long while. I mean, I was really 
following them when they really, you know, kind of exploded in the early nineties. I was really into their first two or three albums. And then it seemed like Pearl Jam wanted to take a different turn with their music, at least in my opinion, after that. And, and I really stopped following them, but you know, Eddie better taking shots at Nikki six and, and Motley Crue as a whole. And you know, I know everyone has their opinions, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, tough to support a little bit with what he's saying at the same time. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. And right. So it's like, what's going on here and why is this happening in 2022? <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, stuff, stuff like this is something that you would think you, you know, you would hear from 20 year olds or whatnot, but, uh, but uh, basically what, um, what, what, what was said, between the uh, the two, um, Eddie went on uh, Classic Rock uh, magazine and uh, basically said, you know, how he uh, despised the uh, what what he called the um, hair metal bands. He didn't he didn't care for that, uh, and he specifically took aim um, at Motley Crue uh, during their Girls Girls Girls. Um, uh album and he said you know he hated it he hated how it made uh you know how how it made them look uh he hated um how they made women look and uh he basically uh you know he he had no um you know no kind words to say other than he did say however he he spared a few kind words uh for another sunset strip mainstay guns and roses came out and he, and he said, thank God, at least when they came out, they had some teeth. Uh, I mean, it sounds to me like he's very bitter, um, right now. And, but, but man, you know, Nikki six being Nikki six, you know, uh, Motley Crue didn't get the nickname in the eighties, the bad boys of rock and roll for nothing. Those guys had lived the life. Uh, Nikki's lived two lives cause you know, he's died once and came back. But, um, Nikki goes on Twitter, and uh, what, what what I liked about it was he didn't even he didn't even refer to Eddie uh, by name. He just said um, in Nikki's tweet, he says, "Made me laugh today reading how much the singer in Pearl Jam hated Motley Crue." Now, considering that they're one of the most boring bands in history, it's kind of a compliment, isn't it? <laughs> Hashtag the stadium tour rock and roll. Uh, Man, Chris, I tell you, Nikki, uh, I I love that. Like, like you know, he, Nikki didn't like start you know cussing him out and calling him all kind of names. He just basically said, you know, Pearl Jam's boring. Uh, you know, I, you know, here on the Binge Buster Show, we, we we never want to talk bad about people unless I'm shooting on somebody. So um, maybe tonight we'll do that a little bit here because. Yeah, you know, you you and I kind of talked about this before we went on air. Pearl Jam was yeah, there's one of those bands, uh, but uh, you know, it's almost like they were, um, they were relevant during you know the '90s when uh, those you know the grunge bands, the grunge rock started coming in, um, but they didn't last very long. Motley Crue, man, how long have they been out now? Thirty five years. Um, right, I, right. I, I just yeah. don't see you know Pearl Jam being you know around as long as Motley Crue. Right? No, no, no. I mean, you know, Pearl. Yes, did 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 the sound of music change in the early nineties? Yes, yes, it certainly did. You had the influx of Pearl Jam and Nirvana and well, the, the Gin Blossoms and um, 
you know, these bands were just coming in and they were just the sound and roll. And maybe they're, they were kind of casting that shot, that shadow on the, the eighties bands and the hair metal bands. And, you know, it, you know, it was like, well, what's going on here? But, you know, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, some of these bands from the nineties and beyond, if it wasn't from some of those bands in the seventies and eighties, they wouldn't be where they are today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, you know, and, and these eighties bands have stood the test of time and some of them are still touring with your, their original lineups. I mean, and, and some are not, let's be realistic here. And, and, but I mean, you know, you know, I think there's money to be made for everyone in the music industry at some level. And, you know, I'm just shocked to see that this is still going on to, to be honest with you. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, Hey, if Nikki Six says it's a compliment, you know, hey, it's a compliment. They have nothing to worry about. We're going on the biggest stadium tour of, 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 of 2022 here this year. I don't know what, what Pearl Jam's doing, but <laughs> we've I got did. some people to entertain the stadium. Right. <laughs> and and like, I, uh, I did hear uh, that Pearl Jam is about to go on tour. Uh, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe Eddie is, you know, he's butthurt that uh, he's doing a little tour and Motley are going on and doing this stadium tour. And, uh, and, and I've heard that possibly, uh, their plan is after they finish the tour. You know, when I say they, I'm talking about Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. Um, I've I've heard that after they finish the tour here in America, they uh, in the fall and the winter, they're probably going to be you know going to Europe with it. Um, so that you know that's that that's kind of exciting to hear. Um, and and I tell you, Chris, you know I'm I'm always uh, looking to to take a trip. And uh, I messaged you earlier in the week. I said, Chris, man, we got to get our bags packed. We got to go to L.A. and see Motley Crue. I'm telling you, people, you have never seen Motley Crue in concert if you have not seen them in L.A. Because, man, those guys are over there. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. It's kind of funny. Um, it's, you know, I'm looking at, I'm on Pearl Jam's website now. It's funny how Eddie Vedder comes out with these comments as he, as he has a string of solo shows coming up here. Um, and then they've got a little European, they got a European stint this summer, it looks like. And then, but then they got a bunch of postponed American tours. So it's kind of a weird schedule. I don't know what they're doing here, but it's kind of funny. The timing of his comments as he's got a string of solo gigs coming up here the next couple of months and just trying to, Take a jab at what? I don't know. It's like, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of makes you shake your head. There's enough problems in the world going on. And, you know, you, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, get, get real here a little bit. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Like I said, I followed Pearl Jam the first two, three albums. I was really into them. And then I kind of, you know, faded out with, with them after that when I, I really wasn't, much into their music beyond the third album personally uh for me um the first album i listened to after that i was like man this ain't my music uh the first right. album you know it was good um it had, it had some great songs off there jeremy is, is 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 definitely my favorite um pearl jam song um but uh it's kind of it has a, a dark story behind it too but um 
but 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 it's, it's still a good song and it was a big hit um but uh you know um I, I I really don't think I might be wrong, but I you know, and, and I'm and I'm not knocking Pearl Jam, but I just don't see them being around as long as um as Motley Crue. Yep, you know, well, hey, we'll see, um, you know, and we'll see where this goes, but you know, I mean, hey, Motley came, you know, they, you know, you know, Nikki threw a pot shot back. I read quickly there's some Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff involved in there as well, and it's just like, you know, I think if I'm Motley Crue right now, say, listen. We can't be listening to this noise. We got some big dates coming up here, you know, from June on, and, and we got to get focused there. And all this other stuff is is all just white noise out there for people to, you know, jump on social media and, and whatever else is going on. And right, you know, I think I think I think a lot of these guys now also between podcasts and interviews and whatever they're doing, and you know, I I think people just get caught up in in in, in what they're saying and. You know, some of this stuff is just, you know, <laughs> sometimes you're better off not hurt. Yeah, I agree with you um, 100%. Um, so uh, it, it's crazy, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go see the stadium tour. And hopefully, I know I know we, we already got our tickets for Charlotte, but who knows, Chris, you know, we might end up there out there in L.A. for a couple of days rocking and rolling, man. man. Yeah, who knows? We'll see what happens. Got to. Got to uh, save up the, the the pennies and nickels there and uh, uh, see what happens. But yeah, you know, there's just so I think there's just going to be so much for people to choose from from a concert standpoint this year. I, there's a lot of bands hitting the road and, and acts and solo tours. It's going to be uh, you know everyone's been on the couch the last couple of years. There have been some tours that have gone out, especially last year, but definitely not the influx we're going to be seeing. Uh, this year and it's not just rock and roll it's it's all genres of music across the board yeah it's it's, it's definitely uh it's definitely gonna, gonna be a fun summer and i'm looking forward to it um now something else i'm looking forward to uh you know the the, the buzz on, online last week uh was shane mcmahon was fired uh from the wwe um you know supposedly uh there was some backstage stuff going on uh, I heard uh, one story that could possibly be the fact of how he booked, because uh, I think he, he was part of booking the um, Royal Rumble. Um, so I'm not sure what happened, but all I know is after the Royal Rumble, he was fired. Um, it kind of it kind of made me think about a good subject to talk about this week on the podcast. Is a lot of times you don't you don't hear or you don't think that a wrestling booker is going to get fired uh, for uh, doing a show or doing something in a show. Um, Usually bookers get fired when they're not drawing money or, you know, something like that. Um, And and it it made me think about the time that the, uh, one of the greatest bookers of all time uh, from my childhood. And uh, of course, of course, Chris yours as well, but the American dream dusty roads, was fired um, whenever after Ted Turner uh, and WTBS uh, purchased the uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and turned it into WCW, uh, with them with them being on you know um, worldwide national television, uh, TBS kind of frowned upon uh, getting color or bleeding, um, and of course Dusty is thinking, hey, you know got star coming up we're in a whole new venue this year we're not in greensboro 
uh, we're somewhere else. So we've, we've got to do something big to draw these people in. And he thought a good thing would be get a little color on TV. And, uh, unfortunately, um, he, he got it and it was great. It was a great angle. But then, uh, after, you know, three, three weeks later, he was fired. But uh, before we get into that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play a little clip right now to kind of give uh, some of the fans at home an idea of, of exactly what, what we're talking about. Clothesline, and he's trying to choke. Well, it's two on one, Tony. Well, you knew what would happen, Jim Ross. You knew good and well with all the road warriors here that it wouldn't be more. And all of a sudden, we see Animal. He is taking off one of the spikes. He is taking off a spike. And he has hit Dusty in the head with it. He just hit Rose right in the face. Oh, my goodness. God, he's put it in his eye. He's put the spike in his eye. He is jabbing him in the eye or has with the spike. He unhooked it from his shoulder pads or whatever it was. And he's jabbing in Dusty's eye. He's opened Dusty up. Oh, my God. They're trying to put his eye out. This is horrible. They're sticking that spike right in his eye. The Road Warriors. They are are trying to blind him. They stuck that spike right in his eye. Rhodes is bleeding. I mean, Chris, think about that for a minute, man. That was right there. Uh, I'm I'm ready to buy a ticket now to go see that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, Dusty, you know, back then, you know, beloved by all the fans was what the – the son of a plumber, right? That and they, they still knew him by that in, in many of the markets that WCW or the NWA was, was still hitting at that time. And, um, you know, boy, where that storyline could have potentially went, um, you know, but then dub, you know, dusty being fired three weeks later goes to the WWE for what a year, a year and a half with the, you know, and, and Vince puts him in the polka dot yellow yeah. <laughs> polka dot angles. And, uh, but, you know, was taken on guys like Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase and, and others in the WWF. But in, in a way, it was an opportunity for Vince McMahon to start burying some of the Southern talent from <laughs> the yeah. NWA or WCW as well. And it was kind of that influx. And, uh, um, yeah, but it really it was, uh, I don't know, it, it was kind of like Dusty with an angle and, you know, cable TV at that time and what they – wanted and didn't want, you know, at that time. And, uh, you know, obviously TBS and Turner broadcasting. And I mean, just, it was a decision that was made based on what their morals or, or what they wanted, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, and I know, uh, TBS executives were trying to keep, uh, blood off of, um, television, but, 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 you know, when when I hear that, Chris, I, I I have to think about it for a second because, um, okay, they they don't want blood on um on on wrestling, but what happens uh on WTBS when uh, at eight oh five or whatever what, yeah say eight oh five when wrestling went off, and they started playing their westerns, and they got John Wayne out there shooting another guy. Um, I I, I don't really see the difference. Um, in the two matter of fact, uh, I, I guess the only thing I, I can think of is, you know, at the time pro wrestling wasn't looked at as it is today, sports entertainment. Uh, it was a little more believable. And, uh, and if you fans ever got a chance to see that, that, uh, clip that I played, uh, dusty got some good color really quick on that. Chris. 
Right. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was more of a power thing than anything else that was going on. Um, you know, who's booking, who's calling the shots here, um, which I believe Flair ended up getting the, the book after the departure of Dusty. Yeah, well, that, um, yeah, they but, actually started the booking committee. Uh, I think that consisted of Ric Flair, um, Jim Hurd, um, Kevin Sullivan, Jim Cornette, and um, one other guy. I can't I can't think of his name right now. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. That's what happened after that. But uh, but you know, I, I think I think Dusty. Um, you got to think about it for from 1983 to uh, 1988. Dusty Rhodes was the uh, Booker. And top babyface for the National Wrestling Alliance, Jim Crockett Promotions, WCW, uh, and him getting to go up to New York and work for Vince um, is pretty much uh, a year and a half off. Because all you know, uh, I've heard stories that Vince told Dusty, "Listen, you're not booking anymore. There's no stress. Just have some fun, man. Just have some fun, make some money." And that's pretty much what Dusty did. Um, but then of course he, he, he made his way back to WCW and, uh, and, you know, he stayed there and you know, pretty much probably until the end. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people knock Dusty's booking. Uh, but man, I tell you what, Chris, I'd give about almost about anything to, uh, go back in time and get hired to work for Jim Crockett promotions and Dusty be my booker. Uh, man, I, yeah. and I, it'd be yeah. fun. And I know everyone, I mean, listen, Dusty's booking has been criticized up and down by the top talent in the business all the way down to the bottom and, and writers and whatever. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, and, and Dusty always liked to be in the limelight, whether it was him solo, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Express or whoever was hot at that time, Nikita Koloff, he was always seemed to be in the equation to stay on top. But I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the things he did, I, I think truly had the intentions of mind. We got to try to make the company money here. We right, got to try yeah. to make the, the the workers money, the wrestlers and the workers and the, and the TV companies. I think he always at least had that in his mind at the end of the day. You know, but yet, even though he always liked to put himself on top, you know, I, and he always tried to be creative in what he did. And he, he came up with, with some great ideas along the way that worked. And there were some ideas that didn't work, but I mean, you know, everything just seems to be so magnified. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're trying to see what, what's clicking here because, you know, we got this monster company up North known as the WWF as well. So, you know, so I think that's, that was always his thinking at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent there, Chris. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the things uh, that I I can remember by watching uh, a lot of that is just the fact of you know Dusty. You know, a, a, a lot of people look look back and go, "Man, Dusty was always in the spotlight." But I think the the because I remember when I was booking shows, this is kind of how I how I felt too. I had this idea for angles and I can tell somebody how I want it to be done, but, right. in order, but in order to do it the way I, I want it to be done, I got to do it myself. And, and I think that's, that's probably dusty's, uh, thought process as well during, you know, dur during, during the, um, the, the Crockett days or the Crockett era. Um, 
and uh and 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 dusty you know he was a genius you know he had he was a genius for this business right absolutely absolutely i mean you know i i think you know i i don't think you know dusty never wanted the nwa or jim crockett promotions i don't think in the back of his mind to ever fail you know i think he were we're trying things to think outside of the box i mean i i think you know, Dusty in his mind the whole time he knew that Flair was the top heel. I heard the Horseman was the angle, and you, you know, but they just tried stuff that 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 worked, and then some stuff that didn't work. I mean, you know, and you know, it was just a different time too. I mean, now you know there was no social media back then. It was just cable TV was breaking in, and they really weren't pay-per-views every 30 days. And I mean, it was just a different time for wrestling. And a lot of it was how show driven, you know, it really was at the end of the day, you know, you watch TBS and you, then you go, here they come to town, you know? So, and, and they try to take those storylines on the, on the road. I mean, and, and that one would have been on the road for a good long while. Yeah. You know, I agree. If, if Dusty was not let go, I mean, that could have been a feud that went on for a whole year, um, you know, for, for God's sake. So where it could have went. So, I mean, a lot of it was playing off of people's emotions and that, you know, that's what he was doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during that time, I, you know, I feel like that he, uh, he, he, he made some really cool angles, um, real great storylines and man, you know, I, I, I look back on those and, and even now to this day, you can go back and watch the, that old stuff and man, it still gives you goosebumps because, um, a lot of people don't realize, but man, Crockett, Crockett territory from 86, 85 to 86, man, it was red hot. Right. Oh yeah. It was red hot. I mean, they were working six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes multiple, uh, shows on, on, on Saturdays and Sundays. So, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's ironic. We're talking about this storyline because, you know, AEW just went off of the same WTBS in Atlanta and in the main event tonight, both guys are, 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 as they say, bleeding, bleeding profusely, (laughs) you know, some, you know, however many years later, 34, 30 some odd years later, you know, they're full of blood on the same station and no one says boo. Mm Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, it's a whole different, a whole different area, uh, for sure. But 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 man, it was, it was, it was that, that's always good stuff. Uh, anytime I can uh, pull out some Crockett stuff and uh, and talk about it, it makes my day. Now, something else is going to make my day, and Chris, I know it's going to make yours because these guys, you gave these guys that that, that I'm about to talk about. You gave them. You gave them their start. I mean, you you really uh, put it out there. But uh, major announcement, fans. Here's as I talked about earlier. Uh, we're going to talk about it now. Uh, for the first time in several years, they are teaming up again here in the Carolinas. I'm talking about one of the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling, the Hardy Boys. I'm talking about Matt and Jeff. Uh, Chris, did, did you ever think that you would hear that, that, uh, Hardy boys, you know, getting back together? Cause for, for several years, 
uh, Jeff worked for WWE and Matt worked for, you know, TNA and, um, and now AEW and, uh, man, they're teaming up, uh, and they're coming, uh, right in our back door, Chris, uh, Clover mm-hmm. high school in yeah. Clover, South Carolina. Uh, the, uh, the PWF is putting on this huge card and on this card, you're going to see in action the Hardy Boys, the Hardy Boys reunion. And matter of fact, Chris, this may actually be the first uh, show that the Hardy Boys have done uh, together since coming back together. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is the first show, or it is going to be one of their first shows. I, um, you, you know, I know they are booked with some other promotions up and down the East Coast um, as well. Uh, you know, Jeff's obviously currently under the no compete clause from, you know, his departure from WWE suddenly a couple of months ago off of a house show, uh, that he walked out of that still has some clouds around it. I think of what really happened. Um, you know, we really haven't heard straight out of Jeff's mouth. We've heard out of Matt and some others, but exciting that the Hardy boys are coming back home. Obviously Matt still employed with all elite wrestling and AEW, but they're doing independent appearances. And obviously now as the Hardy boys, they're going to be a draw. I mean, obviously, you know, WWF tag team champions on multiple occasions. I mean, they've done it all singles, you know, as a tag team. And I, yeah, I'm excited for them. I mean, I still remember the first time, you know, I, my, I was exposed to Matt and Jeff was uh, in Manio, North Carolina. I went out to Manio to, to do, to, to help uh, someone with a, with a show uh, with some equipment. And I was doing, we were ring announcing and doing some other things. And all of a sudden they came out and I'm looking and I'm watching, I just see all this high flying stuff and the fans are going absolutely bonkers. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, these guys got some skill. I mean, these guys have it. And I'm thinking this was probably early. Let me see. I'm going to say early 97, I would say. Maybe maybe a late 96, early 97. Wow, and, that's awesome. You know, and and, uh, and 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 actually I was with a couple other people and I said to myself, you know, I said, there's the future. There's where wrestling is going. And someone turned to me and said I was crazy. Not going to name any names. Right. But... but I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. These guys are young. They got long hair. They're jumping all over the place and they're not taking, they're taking high risk maneuver. These guys got skill. Mm-hmm. On top, these aren't just, this is just not something that they're pulling out of you. Do you know what? Right. And then boom, booked them on a couple of shows, both singles and in tags. And it was off and, and, and running with them. And, you know, really after that, <laughs> they are a couple of years later getting their, getting their break into the WWF, yeah. you know, with, with doing a couple of, of, of house shows in the Carolinas. That's really how they got their start yeah. in WWF. They weren't even under full contracts uh, uh, when they first got their break. They were just trying to see, okay, where's this going? Because mm-hmm. really the Hardys, from a size standpoint, we, even when they first got into the WWF, were, were relatively small in stature still. You know, they did bulk up a little bit along the way, but when they first got there, I mean, it, it was really their high flying and agility that 
yeah. you know, won them over to the fans. Right. And because back then, you know, it was still a big man sport. You know, you had, you know, big, larger than life guys like The Undertaker, Stone Cold, Mankind, Kane, uh, you know, those, those type of guys. Um, the big show, uh, DX was still hot at the time. And um, I remember, Chris, um, uh, I had uh, went to see a WWE, uh, what well, the time it was WWF, Raw in Greensboro. Um, and uh, I remember I was there. And um, the Hardy Boys, as a matter of fact, that was a show they, they made their debut. Uh, and I remember the ring announcer saying, uh, the, you know, tonight's match uh, is featuring a couple of Carolina boys uh, from Cameron, North Carolina, Matt and Jeff Hardy, and they came out. And at that time, Matt was, was making their gear, and they dressed just alike. You know, they, they were still wearing mm-hmm. tights and boots uh, with the headbands and uh, happened to be there with, uh, with a few friends. And this chick that was there with us, said oh my god these guys were working for ndw just last week this is awesome so so i was like oh okay i was like wait a minute who's ndw and she's like oh new dimension wrestling they 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 run thomasville i'm like oh and then that that and shortly after that is when you and i met and and now here we are you know 20 years years later yeah yeah i mean those are great great memories i mean you know having those guys on the show you know you know matt and jeff and, and and lita was you know amy dumas early in the day and then you had uh you 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 had a lot all those guys i mean champagne and joey abs and um i mean the list goes shannon moore all those guys i mean you know it goes on and on i mean you know um you know the um uh shane helms became the hurricane and all those guys they were all, all hanging out together they really were yeah um you know back in and they all they all had their stints on the national um level i mean and um you know, and if I'm missing anyone, I, I apologize. Uh, Otto Schwanz was another one, uh, uh, Toad, and I mean, all those guys were all out in Eastern North Carolina doing their thing from pretty much Raleigh, you know, down to Cameron over, and that was really my exposure to them. In 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 reality, and I'm going to tell you something, Tony, and it when I brought those that that influx of talent into NDW it put a strain because it actually was like some guys were losing ring time right yeah at that time and because I'm you know we're trying to do other things here and it's like there's only so many uh, unless I'm going to be doing 30 man battle royals there or 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 11 12 match uh, shows some guys aren't going to be working right and and it became a point where you know, I didn't come out and would tell guys this, but I think they, these guys are are more skilled, right? <laughs> than, yeah. Than, than, I, I'm and, sorry, I, and I they're half. Be, you know, and 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 at the time, the Hardy Boys were half most of those guys' ages. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so you had this what, influx. What, what was was what wasn't Jeff like seventeen or something like that at the time? Yeah, they were young. They were only right. on 1920. I mean, we're going back to mid mid 90s here. I think mid 96, 97. So, you, you know, now you know you fast forward now, you know, 26 years later, you know, it's it's you know, and it's like you have guys here that can work. So, there was really it was an interesting time because you had all the old timers we'd bring in and 
Then you had established guys that were working in this area. And it's like, you know, Hey, I appreciate it, but there's some other things I'm trying to do here as a, as a promotion. And you know, it, sometimes it, it rubs people the wrong way a little bit as well. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's a delicate balance. I mean, and, uh, um, but you know, but you, you have to do what's best for the, for the industry and, and, and your, your company. And if it's your company or it's someone down the street, you got to do what's best and what the fans want to see. That's so, right. You know, I never regret any decisions that were made, but definitely, you know, you know, it, it was always the kind of thing where, hey, once they go make it big time, I'm still going to be hanging around and you're going to need me again kind of thing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but it's like, man, we got to, we got, this is a new injection of blood. And, and these guys were, these guys were here in the Carolinas. It's not like we were bringing these guys in from California. Right. Right. <laughs> these guys yeah. are right in the backyard. Yeah. And, that's, and they and were that's willing true. to travel. Yeah. And, 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 and that, and that takes me back to this, uh, show with the P, you know, the PWF is, is running, uh, is it right here in our backyard, uh, Chris, right. uh, just, just right down the road, uh, on the outskirts of Charlotte, uh, Clover, South Carolina, at the Clover High School, uh, it's the PWF presents. Um, uh, it's a, a PWF live uh, right there at Clover High School. Uh, several matches are going to be there, but uh, not not just the, the the local talent. But man, we've got mainstream talent coming to this show. Uh, as we already spoke about the Hardy Boys, but not only the Hardy Boys, but we have. Demolition Act is going to be there, or the Mass Superstar. He's going to be there. Bill Eady, uh, signing autographs and meeting with the fans. And then former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He's going to be there taking pictures. Uh, and also in action, you'll see from AEW, uh, Brock Anderson. That's right, the son of Arn Anderson. And incidentally, Chris, also on this great card, you're going to see WWE Hall of Famer and Four Horsemen member tag team specialist. I'm talking about Double A, the Enforcer. Arn Anderson is going to be there as well. Uh, and from, from what I've, I've been hearing from the promoter, um, it's going to be a stacked card, and you definitely don't want to miss this. Uh, not only that, but they're going to be offering meet and greet packages uh, with the Hardy Boys. So to get more information, what you want to do is go to PWF Live dot com that's pwf live l-i-v-e dot com uh go on there and um you can find out more about this great show uh and of course in the, as the weeks uh, progress and we get closer to um this date uh hopefully we'll we'll be able to bring some of the talent onto our podcast and talk about this show uh, so i'm looking forward to that but also chris i'm looking forward to uh, the month of March It's my birthday month. And, uh, I've had so many fans, uh, and people reach out and go, man, Tony, you know, you, uh, you've been doing this podcast now for three years. You've, uh, had all these guests on the show. We've learned stuff about Jimmy Valiant and about Jake, the snake Roberts and about <laughs> rower animal, man, we won't hear about you. So the month right. of March being my birthday month, we're going to be, I'm going to be telling some great stories of my wrestling career, how I got started, uh, and tons more. So, uh, all, all that's coming up in the month of March, but I may have to, 
um, you know, sacrifice a couple of uh, weeks and um, hopefully get some of these um, some of these people in from the PWF and talk about this great show. Um, but man, Chris, what a great podcast this week, man. We uh, talked about uh, the Nikki Six, uh, Eddie Vedder, um, Vedder, uh, however you say his name, Pearl Jam singer. Is Nikki. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, you know, we 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 heard about their little spat. We've uh, talked about um, uh, the the uh, stadium tour, uh, the Dusty Rose being fired, and of course the uh, the uh, biggest shocker. The reunion of the Hardy Boys taking place right here in the great state of of the Carolina. So, uh, man, Chris, uh, it, it, it's it's definitely an exciting time, and I can't wait, uh, you know, to, to to see what what happens now. Uh, now that Jeff Hardy is a free agent and the Hardy Boys are back together, uh, might very well see them become a- AEW Tag Team Champions. I think so. I think the sky's the limit for anyone right now. And, uh, and hey, that, that Clover High School show sounds exciting. I know we're going to talk more about it in the weeks to come. And, and just across the board, I mean, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And, and, and some of these local shows, great family fun entertainment. You know, you're looking to get out for an evening. We, 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 you know, you can end up seeing some great talent. You never know. Some of these guys you're seeing are, are, are the superstars of tomorrow. You never know where they're going to end up on television weeks, months, and, and years from now. So now's the time to catch them, and, and they're, they're living their dream each and every week they step into that ring. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, man, it is, it's going to be so great. I am looking forward to, um, you know, to, uh, to, to being there and checking, you know, checking out the, uh, this great card. Um, and, uh, who knows, fans? You never know. You may come to that show and see yours truly. And Chris, they're doing a live binge buster show. You never know. You never know. So you gotta you gotta get your tickets and show up, man. I'm telling you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, looking forward to it. And uh, um, you know what's what's coming at us. And um, you know, like I said, just you know, I think looking for people just to get out, try to come back to some normalcy, and. Uh, and if it's even if it's just getting away from your problems for a few hours on a Friday or Saturday night, it's 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 well worth it. And uh, you know, get out of the house and you know, meet some people and and see what's going on, and and, and also supporting your local community as well. Exactly, and it's it's definitely gonna it's, it's definitely gonna be a fun time. So make sure that you um you know check it out. Well, for Chris, I'm Tony. We will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.